Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 149, our Sunday worship service for January 19th, 2020, is Be Kindness. It's the third in the series, Legendary Life, inspired by the Beatitudes. When we give other people room to grow on their terms instead of on ours, we make room for shared miracles. So our scripture for today, Matthew 5, 5, let's say it together. Together, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, you know that one, you know all these Beatitudes, but you may have been surprised at that word gentle, right? I mean, this is the New American Standard Bible translation. It's the one that I like to use for all kinds of reasons. But you know a different word, I bet, because there are much more popular translations of the Bible that use the M word, right? You know the one? They use the word meek. And you get to feel all kinds of different ways about it. We're going to dig in on that in just a moment. But before we get there, I want to say that it's an amazing thing that there are so many Bible translations. If you go to Barnes & Noble or whatever, you go to Amazon or whatever, there are so many, countless Bible translations. And they all have a point. It's not like someone just said, you know what, I'm going to write me a Bible today. There are uh, scholarly works being done and all kinds of thinking and debating and research and people work so hard to figure out what the right words are. And at the end of the day, if you've ever had to translate something or seen somebody translate something from one language to another, the words don't always line up. And so a lot of times they have to go, okay, what word do we have that best matches the feeling of this word? It's not a literal thing. And this is important because, boys and girls, life is not a literal thing. The literal parts of you, as we say over and over and over again, every Sunday in one way or the other, you're more than facts and figures in the credit score, right? And so it's a beautiful thing that there are so many different ways to express this. I mean, when you think about the story of Jesus Christ, you've got four different accounts right there of the same stuff. Because there's something amazing about knowing that these stories, that these ideas, that these miracles, that this amazing, amazingness is too big for any one set of words. Life is more poetic than it is literal, isn't it? When you love somebody, you know that it's not something you can put into words and it's that bittersweet thing you do when you try to express it. That's what goes into Scripture. And that's why it's so important that there's so many different ways to do it. The basic idea is there is something that is so much bigger than you. Be meek to it. And there is what that teaching means. And we're going to go deeper into that. But that's the core of it. Spoiler alert. We could go home right now. There's more that I'd like to say. But that's the key to it. There is something bigger than you. Be meek to it. Now that means something very different than people often think about when they hear that word meek, right? Now, I've been talking about this, so I don't need to go into great detail about one of my pet peeves, and that is the pet peeve of the doormat Jesus. We've talked about this. So often people like the idea that the portrayal of Jesus is that he's kind of bummed out at something you did but he's not going to make a big deal about it. But, you know, and it's very codependent, and it's very weird. 
Because you know, once again, this is review, so I'll go quick. Nothing in the teachings of Jesus Christ matches the idea of the doormat, codependent Jesus. Nothing in there. Nothing in what we know about what he did over and over again. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Nothing matches this doormat idea. Because meek means something different. And this is an important moment, guys, because if we want to get meaning out of this experience, out of our church, out of our reading of the Bible, out of our prayer time, out of our lives. We've got to demand something that makes sense to our hearts, something that matches up. This is a big deal. Put another way, one of the problems, one of the things, one of the difficulties is hypocrisy. That's why Jesus spoke out against it so often, I think. Hypocrisy. Saying one thing when you mean something else. Doing one thing when you know you ought not. That kind of stuff. You know about it. In different times in my life, I've been an expert. Don't recommend it. It gets you into all kinds of trouble. But that's the point. It does get you into all kinds of trouble. Sometimes the problem has to do with us putting up with some little nugget of hypocrisy somewhere and then just kind of papering over it. People put up with churches that say, oh, it's a, it's a virtue to be poor, and here, look at my new watch, that kind of thing. We've, we've put up with people saying, I know that I should be honest with the people I love, but you know, I better not tell them about that. And you know, you get to fight your battles, you get to decide which pieces of that are they're important. I'm on a diet, I will have a donut today. I get to decide which battles to fight, but at the end of the day, the problem has to do with this this hypocritic idea that I'm going to feel one way and do something different. Here's why. Here's why this is such a big deal. Let's all agree that no matter what else is going on in life, God has got it under control. God's got this. God doesn't get sick, hurt, afraid. wouldn't be God otherwise, right? God is not worried about April 15th. Right? The universe has a beautiful way of taking care of its own, and you're living proof of that in one way or the other. So, here's what I'm getting at. If there is a blockage in the flow of good and life and light and beautiful things and whatever inspiration, if there is a blockage in the flow, God ain't doing it. So let our prayers not be prayers of God, will you show up for me because God's already here. Instead, let our prayers be, God, can I please get out of the way? I didn't mean to, didn't know. It's not a guilt thing. But can I just get what I need to know to get out of the way? Can I be on your team for a change instead of trying to do it my way, right? That's the prayer. So my job is to find out how to surf this. My job is to try to be a good steward of the flow, as I always say. My job is to get out of God's way. That's what prayer is supposed to be. Prayer is the art of getting out of God's way. So hypocrisy is a problem because hypocrisy means I'm standing in the way of what I know better about. There is this amazing bigness and I'm in the way of it. That's what hypocrisy is. There is this amazing bigness and my job is to see myself as some kind of a channel of it as much as I can. That's my job. If there's something blocking the flow in your life, figure out how to fix it. 
May your prayer time be some kind of spiritual roto-rooter. What a gross image, but there we go. I said it and we can't go back now. It's true though, you know? There's something bigger than you. Be meek to it. But be demonstrative. Don't be wishy-washy about what it directs you to do. So here is the, the formula. You ready? Be meek with God. Be meek with spirit. Be meek to your inspiration, your beauty, your art, your truth, your love. Be meek to bigger things. Be meek with God. But say what you mean. Be strong with people. Don't be jerk. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but let your yes be yes and let your no be no. You know, we're taught about that. Be meek with God. Be strong with people. But look all the way back around and recognize also that every single person is a child of God just like you. See that in them. That's the circle. And that circle will get you out of all kinds of trouble. Because I have to say, we said that a problem, sometimes the problem is hypocrisy, another flavor of it, a problem that I come across a lot in my work, the thing that leads people to all kinds of problems and dysfunction and stuff, is a confusion of source and destination. A confusion of source and destination. Here's an example. You're lonely, you meet somebody, they're great. You have swiped right, I guess. What's the right way, these kids today? Did I do it right? Pretty cool. You did the thing. You met somebody, and now you're together, and you're dating, and it goes okay, and you've been lonely, and so it feels pretty great. What happens if you decide that they are all there is to love? It sounds great in a soap opera. But is that how it works? You are all there is to love. What happens when you have a fight? Uh-oh, love let me down. No, this person let you down. What happens when you realize later on that it doesn't work out? Well, now I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's rocking the air supply joke. Anyway, um, but there's something that happens when you confuse source and destination. You're allowed to love somebody, but don't confuse them with the source of all that is to love, and don't confuse yourself with the destination of all there is to love. If you're doing it right, you are a channel for this. So many times, the problem is a confusion of source and destination. You get a job, you think this is the only way you can get self-esteem or identity or money. Healthy workers are those who see their job as a channel and they try to be good channels. But if you think that's all there is to your sense of you, you are destined for a meeting with HR and problems, right? Confusion of source and destination is the deal. But the way to fix that problem is to see every noun, every person, place, and thing in your life. Work on seeing every person, place, and thing in your life, every noun, as a channel for God to happen. You want to be saintly? You want to have a life that works? You want to get yourself out of trouble? See every person, place, and thing as a channel for God to happen. When I say, I behold the Christ in you, that's what I'm saying. When Jesus said, they who have seen me have seen the Father, maybe part of what he was saying is, I'm so good at getting out of the way that when you see me, the family resemblance shines through. See yourself as a channel. See other people as a channel. And you will tend to treat people with a certain kind of care that is beautiful. 
And like I said, more than that, it will get you out of so many fights. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people do the source-destination mix-up and decide, for example, you can't do it without me. I'm the one. Oh boy, which 12-step group is your favorite? You know, you can't do it without me. Well, this is codependency. This is enabler stuff, right? And we don't need to get into the, the dictionary of self-help terminology that comes from deciding that you can't do it without me. I can't do it without you. And it sounds great in an air supply song, but it's dumb because it's a lie. And it never works. You know that. Unfortunately, probably the majority of people in this room have some story about how they tried it because it sounded good on paper and it didn't work out so hot right? I know I do, because it sounds romantic, but it doesn't work that way. What we want, instead of someone being the source of whatever it is, instead of somebody being the destination of whatever it is, what we want is a partnership. Because you don't own love. You can't distribute love. Love is something you share. You can't own music. You dance to it together, right? We've talked about this kind of a thing. Sometimes things come up in your life and it feels like this is the only way this can happen for me. It's easy to sometimes confuse source and destination. Buckminster Fuller, one of my heroes, says, imagine if you were on a, in a boat, uh, a, a cruise ship crashes. Boy, that was a smooth way to say that, wasn't it? Imagine you're on a cruise ship and, the, and Poseidon Adventure happens and you've you got to get out. Shelley Winters comes along and you're drowning or whatever and all of a sudden up floats a piano. Buckminster Fuller says, up floats a piano, and that saves your life because you can float on it. It would be easy to believe that that shape, that configuration, the piano shape, is the best way for boats to be. But that's dumb, <laughs> right? Because that's what happened for you, but we're not going to get stuck to that. In fact, those things are for music. There's something even more beautiful that those things are for, and boats are for that. You know what I mean? But if you fixate on the one thing as the source, you will miss out on so much beauty and so much speed. That's the point. See people as partners, and it makes me think of the thing that I say when I do wedding ceremonies and we do the vows. We're not big on the obey word. I tend to not use it. But I do say, will you inspire with courage and truth? Will you be unto this person a loving partner and a true friend? And then I say, please answer, I do. Will you inspire with courage and truth? Will you be a loving partner and a true friend? It doesn't say in there, will you be love for them? Because you can't. What we're looking for is partners. What we're looking for is someone who will inspire by being true, inspire truth, by telling us the truth. Are you giving your friends and loved ones permission to tell you the truth? Or is your ego getting in the way? This is a valuable question. Before you enter the room, do you think there's people going, don't tell that one story. Fix that. It's going to make you happier. Tell the story. It's probably funny. <laughs> Fix it. I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're going to write something down, this is a good thing to write down. Validation is a crummy goal. Validation is a crummy goal. It's great if validation happens. It's nice when something works out and the universe kind of gives you that moment, that high five. It's great, but that's not to shoot for. That's a byproduct. It's not the goal. 
Because all validation is is telling you that right now you're okay. And it's the opposite of growth, right? It's just sitting in something. It doesn't move anywhere. So many times people go to church and the church says, you know what, you're good just like you are. Don't change at all. There's lots of bad people. They're sinners, but you came in here. And there's mainstream versions of that uh, verbiage and there's progressive versions of that verbiage. But the point of all of it is, don't change, sweetie. You're just awesome. And that's great, but you can't change the world with that. Because the truth is, we got stuff to do. We have growing to do. There is something bigger than you. Be meek to it. One of my New Year's resolutions was to treat people with more care. And it's still January, so I'm doing all right. (laughs) But in my thinking and praying about that, in trying to see people as a channel for something bigger, I came up with a covenant. And it is my intention, and I'm saying it in public, it is my intention to keep this covenant that I came up with. You want to hear it? It goes like, thank you. It goes like this. I promise to treat you with care, to see you as a child of God, a channel of good. I promise to do my best by you. Whoever you are, people in the world, I promise to do my best by you. And I'm going to assume that you're doing the same thing. So part one is I promise to do my best by you because I assume you're doing the same thing. Part two is I also promise not to get my feelings hurt when you mess up. That's it. Because you're going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to get the wrong idea. I'm going to stub my toe on some fact that I did not see that was there, if you know what I mean. I promise to not be so thin-skinned about it, but I promise to do my best by you. And I think if we do that, a lot of complexity just goes away. I promise to just let you do your thing, you know? But that's very different. We talked about the two big problems, the source and destination thing and the hypocrisy thing. But I want to give you two ways that they manifest in life. And if you see any of these things, this is a sign that you might have something to work on. You ready? So part one, the way that this can manifest in life, part one is I need people to do it my way. Now, I know no one in this room has ever done that. I have. I do not recommend it. But we're going to let go of that because it's really problematic. I need everybody to do it my way. And I recognize that culturally we're trained that that's some kind of a virtue. We're told that a successful person is somebody who can make other people do stuff for them. But you know what? If that's success, I know a lot of miserable, successful people. It ain't no way to live. Do it my way. You're not supposed to ask controversial questions from the pulpit. I guess because I don't have a pulpit, I can ask a controversial question. Hang on to me here. When you get ready in the morning, do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Don't look around. Don't, don't, don't look at anybody else. It's a big deal. This is a hot topic. You know what I mean? Do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Or do you go sock, shoe, sock, shoe? It's okay. You don't have to say. You don't have to say. Because I have to say that, that when I ask this question, there are people that go, are you crazy? There's only one way to do it. I might as well ask, which way do you hang the toilet paper roll? It's a big deal. There are people who are upset about it. You can't, you're some kind of animal. 
socks you in it. <laughs> Everyone in this room has strong feelings about it. Maybe that's why you moved to Florida, because socks don't come, us, come up as much around here. <laughs> if you go shoe, then sock, we're going to call the authorities. That's weird. We can all agree on that. But here's my point. When you really think about it, there are a lot of things in life that are like the sock shoe thing. That for whatever reason, it works for you. It's a piano top for you. But it doesn't matter. What happens if you just let people put their dang shoes on the way they want? It doesn't hurt you. Because the truth is, did you get your shoes on? Good, because we got some walking to do. Maybe we're getting hung up on the wrong thing. You know what I mean? There's something amazing about not getting it your way. The reason that roller coasters work and that they're fun for some people is because you don't know what's going to happen next. The reason that it's fun to watch a magician is because you don't get it your way. If I got it my way, the coin would be in that hand you fooled me into thinking it was in. You know what I mean? Magic tricks are amusing and fun and thrilling because it's not where I thought it would be. It's in my ear, apparently. You know what I mean? There's a reason we like that. What if you just treat other people like you're watching a magician do their thing? I know it's going to be okay. I know when the show's over, we're all going to go home. I know I'm going to get my watch back or whatever it is Chris Angel's trying to do to me. You know? Mind freak. But you know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's okay. It's a show. Let people do it their way. Because that's where delight happens. That's where magic happens. So that's problem one. That's one way it manifests. There's another way that it manifests, and it's at the opposite end of the spectrum. So there's, I need everybody to do it my way. And the other end of it is, you're trying to be me. Now that sounds silly, but I got to tell you, a lot of times the problem is, you're trying to be me. You're trying to take my job and take my stuff and be in my place. You're trying to be me. How dare you try to be me? That guy at work, he's trying to be me. Think about it. It comes up. 90% of the problems we have with other people, maybe even 100% of the problems we have with other people are either I need you to do it my way or you're trying to be me. You're trying to take my stuff. That's a be me sort of a situation. But that is nuts. <laughs> Think about it. First of all, the idea that you're trying to be me is a belief that is rooted in the idea that there's only so much good to go around. And God don't work that way. But more than that, it just doesn't make sense. Can we all agree that God happens on purpose? What does Einstein say? God doesn't play dice with the universe. Can we all agree that this is a deliberate creation? Can we all agree, in other words, that there are no accidents in the universe? If so, it means that you are here for a reason. It means that wherever you go, you are required. It means that there is a U-shaped hole in the universe. I like that. The cookie-cutter approach to cosmology. There is a U-shaped hole in the universe. No one can take your place. And you know that if you spent five minutes watching Sesame Street in the 70s like I did, you know that there's only one you, sweetie. And Grover likes you. You know what I mean? There's only you. And when you think about it, because it's a complete impossibility, nobody can be you, the moment you stop thinking about that that way, the problem goes away. And that's a real good test, boys and girls. If the problem goes away the moment you quit thinking about it, then it wasn't really a problem, it was an ego trip. 
If you stop thinking that that person is your adversary and all of a sudden they're not anymore, it was never a problem. It was an ego trip. And so let's get over it. There is something bigger than you. Be meek to it. There is something bigger than you. Be meek to it. So, once again, it has to do with source and destination. Every problem, whether or not you've decided that someone's trying to be you or someone's trying to take your stuff or someone won't do it your way, the moment we start letting go of that, because it's the only way, the thing about ego stuff is you can't win the game, right? Because you can ping pong between, do it my way, don't be me. Do it my way, don't be me. <laughs> All you want. But remember when you were a kid and you played tic-tac-toe and you made older people play tic-tac-toe? Remember when you were a little kid and you asked a grown-up to play tic-tac-toe how they looked for the fire exits? You know why now. And I don't want to get all Matthew Broderick on you, but, but if you know the rules of tic-tac-toe, you can only get a stalemate because if both people know all the rules, you'll never win. And all you want to do is leave. Well, now we put away childish things because now we know that you can't win the game of trying to get people to do it your way. Now we know that you can't win the game of having people be you because they can't. The only way to win is to not play. The only way to get past these old ideas is to be meek to something bigger than you, to understand that there's no source or destination other than God and the ongoing, everything else in between is a channel. See people as a blessing. That's it. Be meek to God happening in other people. And amazing things will happen for you. Now I know all that takes trust and that's a problem. There are so many people when we get to this place where I say, okay, well, you got to trust. I mean, that's what a minister is going to tell you in one way or another. We walk by faith and not by sight and all that. I'm going to tell you to trust. And when I say that, inevitably someone will say, yeah, but it might be easy for you. But I can't trust. And all of a sudden the music swells in the background. <laughs> I can't trust because this thing happened to me. You see, I've been hurt. I've been cheated, been mistreated. <laughs> I'll let you finish that on your own time. I can't trust because bad things happen to me. Or I can't trust because I have betrayed somebody and I just feel bad. I don't even want to get into it anymore. Okay. Whatever happened to you happened. Whatever you did, you did. And I want you to try and fix it, make it better, make your amends, do the things that you need to do because that's important too. But just real quick, show of hands, have you ever been betrayed, lied to, something like that? Somebody hurt your heart in one way or another. Have you ever messed up in some way or another and hurt somebody else? Hey, high five, you're a human being. It happened. It's okay. You did the thing. Don't do it anymore. We're going to get over it together. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying that those feelings aren't real. They are and they were. But I'm saying the only way to out of it is to fix it. And people go, well, I can't trust because I was hurt and someone else is going to have to show me that it's okay. It don't work that way. Because do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You have to trust first. You have to prime the pump. Trust somebody. People say that's hard. And I say, you know what? It's so easy. A child could do it. Kids are born trusting. 
You have it in you to trust. Get back to that place. You can do it. Because the world needs children. The world needs partners. The world needs heroes and inspiration. The world doesn't need any more bullies, any more codependents, and any more hypocrites. You get to decide what you want to be. Okay, great. How do I do that? So glad you asked. As it turns out, it's very easy. I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then we'll be done. You go to a restaurant. You love the restaurant. It's beautiful. Prices are reasonable. Food's good. Everything looks clean. It's a high Yelp situation. You like it. You like it so much that you call your friend and you say, you got to get down here. This is amazing. It's so amazing. I'm talking into my hand. Let me pick up a phone. Nobody does this anymore. Your friend comes down. You say, you got to try this place. I ordered the, the, the burrito, the manicotti, the manicotti burrito, whatever it was, it was so good. And they love the restaurant too, but they order something different. How do you feel about that? This is how life works. It doesn't matter, they showed up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your job is to make sure that everybody gets fed. That's it. What they eat is between them and God because there's something bigger than you and them. You have a hunger. I have a hunger. They have a hunger that will guide them. Trust it. Be meek to it. And set the rest free because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.